This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Let me give you the quick rundown on these stories for today and then I'll tell you how these different crazy stories are related, at least how I think they're related. The first story uh, is a Fox News story talking about a potential national security threat because of drug shortages, specifically drugs uh, for children. All kinds of drug shortages, really. The next story, NPR laying off 100 employees due to losing uh, $30 million in revenue, $30 million revenue drop. That's pretty substantial. Who cares, right? Well, I'll tell you. Afro man, I never heard of Afro man. I think I'm saying that right, right? A rapper is being sued by the police for using police footage in his video. Now, this footage was recorded on his property after they raided him and apparently found nothing. And now, because he's using the footage, they're going to turn around and sue him. Presumably footage that was taken uh, by his security cameras. Next story, Elon Musk is also a, a security threat because of the different businesses that he owns and the, the influence and control that one person has. And then this last story, which I think is really fascinating, a handyman turns the tables on squatters in a house that was owned by his uh, mother or mother-in-law or something like that. And I'll tell you what, these stories really point uh, to the new era that we're in. Police suing for exposing, being exposed for what they did. NPR losing revenue. Why? Because it's terrible, because they do nothing but lie. Uh, drug shortage in what's supposed to be the greatest, richest country in the planet. Why? Basic medicine needs, basic medical needs, not available for our children. And why is Elon Musk a threat? The government helped create Elon Musk, and now they're complaining that he's a threat. Then this story uh, about the handyman is really fascinating. I'll tell you more about it. But I think that all this shows this new era of lawlessness, where people are taking matters into their own hands, because it's really the only path to vindication. That's the case with Elon Musk. Um, I think in the case of NPR, the advertisers, you know, we've had enough this just isn't uh, acceptable anymore. Afro man, right? I'm going to expose the police. Now he's going to turn around and, and pay a price for that. All just lawlessness. Lawlessness on top of lawlessness. Does that make sense? Probably not, really. Well, anyway, there's a lot of details in these stories that I think are important I'd like to discuss. And some of it, you know, may apply to you, could apply to you. And the bigger picture, I think it speaks to the war that our own government is waging against us, quite frankly. But anyway, that's pretty deep for a Monday, and we're coming off the weekend. Uh, so let's just take a minute to ease into it, shall we? Um, I'm feeling better, uh, quite a bit better. Um, been uh, using a, a supplement 
that's uh, supposed to be very helpful for um, uh, respiratory issues. And it was uh, it was referred uh, recommended to me. And I don't like to make recommendations for things like this on the podcast. So maybe maybe down the road I would. I'm not really ready to anyway. I've only been using it a couple of days, but pretty happy with it, doing my thing. And uh, my voice, you can tell, still isn't quite back to normal. I'm a little nervous. I don't know if it's ever going to come back to normal. I really don't. And I don't know, uh, you know, who knows uh, what's really going on here. Allergies, or a lot of allergy issues going on. But anyway... I'm feeling better. Uh, back, had my green smoothie this morning, spending some time outside in the beautiful morning sun. It's really unbelievable what the weather's been like here. Uh, we're just enjoying some fantastic weather all winter, really. It hasn't been bad all winter. So uh, I wanted to share uh, a little something else with you. I was speaking to a group of people last week. It was about 10 or 12 people. Uh, this was a, about not nothing politics or anything like that, uh, nothing at all actually, and uh, it was really about leadership development, and it's really a topic that I like to discuss, and um, I wanted to share a couple things about that. Uh, first of all, there's a um, an article in the uh, the Saturday Evening Post. This is the uh, March. April 2023 edition, and I subscribe to both the print and the um, digital versions. I, I I just enjoy it. It's one of the few remaining, what I would say, good magazines, good periodicals. Anyway, this particular article caught my eye. It's uh, getting it in writing. A best-selling novelist shows how anyone can write, and everyone should. I'm not going to go through this whole thing because I'm. Not really interest, interested in writing a novel. Actually, I kind of am. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that another time, but not really right now anyway. So I'm not going to get into all that. But there was a couple points I wanted to share with you. Um, uh, she's basically saying, look, you know, a lot of people question, you know, where, where do you get the ideas from? And I get this from the podcast as well. And she says, you know, in her experience, it's a bit mysterious. In other words, unexplainable. And I've said the same thing. It'd be like, man, you just, you see something and you catch it in a different way. You think, man, it's something I want to write about or in my case, speak about. Um, and then here's another point. The ordinary stories are sometimes the most illuminating of our lives because of the simply factual can lead us to deeply philosophical. And um, the, the talk that I gave... Um, last week was really well received. I think it really just landed well with that group. And I think a big part of it was the the personal stories that I shared, particularly uh, some of my military stories. It was just the crowd w- had an open ear to it. Uh, and then there's this I mentioned. A, a woman wrote an essay in the New York Times about her father had gone down a deep mental well of, uh, of Alzheimer's she found comfort in old journals that he had written, which showed his, his brio, his zest for life, his love for his wife and his daughter, a person who once was alive in those pages. What a gift he had left for those he had loved. And so there's a legacy in those writings as well. And uh, so I mention all this, 
you know, the, the content of what I delivered last week was not something that I put together. Well, first of all, I, I didn't just improvise, although I was just following an outline. You know, I don't script things generally. I don't like to speak that way. It's just not natural, really. It's just not the way I like to do it, whether it's in person or behind the microphone. I just generally don't. Uh, but anyway, you know, I had an outline, but the content of that outline had been accumulated over 30-plus years. And I use digital notebooks. Uh, I was just showing somebody a little something. There's three of them that I use now, and I use them all pretty much every single day. Well, two of the three anyway. The one being the first one that I started on, Microsoft OneNote, which this podcast was done on for the first three-plus years, I think. Long time. Longer than I've been using the uh, Notion notebook, which also gives me the benefit of AI now. We're not going to talk about that. But the point is this. Uh, Well, my book, Be the Lion, that was all just stories that I had been writing and collecting and you know, I would speak here, or I would talk to my team there during my career, and uh, I would just save this stuff. Anyway, I encourage you to do the same. I think there's a real value. There's a real value in your personal growth, and there is certainly a legacy to it. I was thinking about this as I, uh, I made a couple marks in this uh, magazine here to share with you. A real magazine, you hear that? Actual, not digital. It's amazing, isn't it? Real tangible print. I don't know why I'm so mystified by that, right? Uh, you know, but there is a legacy. But I was thinking, um, you know, would my daughter ever go back and listen to these podcasts? God help me. Be amazing. I was, I was like, could she? Yeah, I guess she could, really. Think about the net podcast time. One last thing I'll share about this with the writing. So my son, for Christmas, one of the things I gave him and uh, is... Um, this uh, waterproof notebook pen and uh, this folio uh, canvas, uh, I forget what you call it, whatever, to put this in as a field notebook while he's serving in the Air Force. TAC-P is what he is, forward observers, we would call it. And so that's the last thing that I'll mention about all this, the writing and the thinking and the leadership development. Uh, My book, Be the Lion, uh, it's like the worst-selling uh, book, but uh, not many people bought it. I don't know why. I, I was I had plans to market it, which I never did. Just never really went in the direction that I planned to. Maybe I will at another time. Uh, but it was a culmination of my writings. Well, my son had read it at a time when we were, uh, what shall I say, reconnecting uh, after a period of strain in our relationship that I don't really need to get into right now. And for that reason, I was always very thankful that I wrote it, just if no other reason than he read it. And uh, it's had an impact on some other people, too. So certainly, you know, not uh, not something that I feel that I wasted my time with. Um, and I don't know, maybe in some way that led to this path that he's on of uh, being Air Force TAC-P. Well, anyway, he just finished his last school, and in the next 30 days— He'll be moving out to his duty station out in Washington and a uh, whole journey there. But anyway, listen to this. Uh, I was He sent me the link. He texted me. And he said, hey, the graduation is going to be on Facebook Live if you, if you can watch. 
Friday at, uh, I don't know, 11 o'clock or something like that, or 1 o'clock, I think it was 1 o'clock, 1,300 hours. And I said, sure, and I uh, put it on my calendar, checked I was free, I put it on there, put it on the calendar. Now, I'm not, I'm not on Facebook, but I forgot to figure that out. And um, so then he's texting me Friday morning, hey, I, you know, I don't want to bug you. If you can't make it, it's no big deal. But I said, no, I'm going to be there. I thought it was a little odd that he's uh, so so interested in me being there. So it was fine. So 1,300 hours, there I am. Uh, I got uh, a login that I could watch this thing on Facebook Live. And um, anyway, I was watching, and they run through. Uh, first, they begin, uh, these these uh, had a, a keynote speaker, I don't know, a lieutenant colonel or something like that, who came down and, and gave a little talk to these guys, these new new airmen that are now going to get released out into the into the real world, basically, after all this training, two years of training. And I'm listening to the talk, and you know what the content of it was? Uh, eerily similar than the, the discussion I had given on leadership. I thought, and it was really funny because I never really even connected it much. I shouldn't say I didn't connect it to my military experience. I did. But um, it was really amazing at what was being spoken. I'm like, holy cow, that sounds like just like what I spoke the other day. And I, and I thought to my, and I discussed this with my son. I spent like two hours with him on the phone Friday night afterwards. There's a bigger point here I'll get to in a second. Um, uh, but that experience of living that lifestyle and that way of thinking, and I'll just give you one example. And it, this is funny on two fronts. The, the keynote speaker, he says, um, you know, you we're TAC P. We we're not the type that that sees a problem and continues to walk on by. We we stop and we correct it. And um, I was like, ooh outstanding. I was like, where do you get out into the civilian world? And you realize that not everybody welcomes that all the time. But it's really true uh, that assertiveness, that initiative, that tenacity. It's needed. It's necessary. And so is the leadership that was being spoken. And I just thought, this is extraordinary, and I'm so glad that my son uh, is getting to experience this. I really am. So then they, they, they walk through the, you know, work through the graduates one by one. They read off the names, and they come up and they receive their, uh, you know, their, their graduation certificate. And um, they're all done, and my son's not included. And I'm thinking, well, this is quite the, quite the joke. And uh, then they lay it out. Here he finished as the honor grad. He was the top. And uh, these programs, not everybody gets a trophy. There's one. One that finishes on top. Just the opposite. You know, there's no second, there's no, there's no second loser. No. There's one award, and he got it. And you know what? He has done that every step of the way from boot camp till now. And I'm just uh, blown away, quite frankly, at what he's been able to achieve, the, the support of his command, of his peers. It's truly extraordinary, and um, I'm really proud of him. And I'm so excited that he's, uh, he's getting to experience this. And I hope that he writes down. I didn't write when I was in the military. I hope he does. I had to put it together after the fact. And uh, But those stories, even like I, I said from this New York Post article, they may seem ordinary to him now, but those, that time in the field and that team-building time, and even that graduation, that's a story in itself, right? 
I could have went, you know, further into the details of what he spoke about in leadership. And you could have gave a, a, a talk around that, that story right there. Here's what he said. That's part of what I did. You know, when, when I was uh, speaking last week, stories like that. Matter of fact, maybe I'll include that in a future story. So anyway, I'm proud of my son. I'd like to encourage you to write things down and uh, develop yourself as a leader and encourage others to do the same. In fact, it's a great way for you to you to do it as well. It's like it's a forgotten art. It really is. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting on a lot of different fronts how we approach these things differently. But I really believe that we need to enter a new era of of leadership, a new era of of Darwinistic survival at all costs tenacity. We really do. Let's get into some of these other stories real quick. I've been yapping for quite a while here. And if there's one point that I could mention before I even get into the, the details of the stories, it really enforces to me, reinforces to me, how important it is to be self-sufficient. You know, when people begin crying to government that they want, need, free stuff, it becomes the most expensive free stuff you could ever imagine. The price that gets paid for this this free stuff. The best thing people could learn, whether it's big corporations or, or big government, is to be self-sufficient. It's the biggest fear that, that government and big corporations have. Oh, that people could be uh, self-sufficient. Think about it. Even just solar alone. Imagine if you, in your single-family home, if there, if there was no real estate tax, which there, there shouldn't be, if we were truly going to be free, think about it. If you were going to truly have economic freedom, wouldn't that be one of the first steps you would make? That you could live tax-free if you wanted to live off your own land? You know, I don't know how you'd do that with roads and things like that. We could talk about it another day. But it'll never happen. It's, the trend is going the other direction. More and more areas that were once rural, forcing people to be connected to the grid, sewer, water, electric. And they absolutely have the right to make these laws within uh, certain jurisdictions. And those jurisdictions, by the way, are largely decided by uh, the density of the population. But anyway, um, you know, same with the, the, the new green scam. You never hear, oh, you'll have unlimited free power. Or, you know, power your home for free, your home and vehicles for free off the solar. Never never heard that spoken. I don't want you to have that kind of independence. No, it goes the other way. Well, you're going to, uh, the new green deal, we're going to build solar panels so you can have free health care. What? Just give me the money and I'll decide whether I want health care or education or whatever I want to do with it. Oh, no. No, 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 no. So, I don't know. I think it's one of the reasons why I'm so interested in homeopathic remedies. Is that a real word? I think it is. I think it was a real scientific word I just threw out there. Homeopathic remedies. I think, was that seven syllables in two words? That could be a record for this podcast right there. Kind of impressed by that myself. Natural home remedies. There we go. That's more my style. Thought I was going a little wokish there. You know what I mean? <laughs> what did I, I don't even remember what I said now. See that? Wow. I, was, I guess I was having like an out-of-body experience there. <laughs> oh, man. Talking like a big shot over here. 
well, I had a good weekend. I'm feeling a little better. I guess I can. Maybe I'm feeling a little full of myself. I said Fox News, NBC News, drug shortages are rising and pose a national security risk. How's it pose a national security risk? I don't quite understand that. But a lot of it has to do with children's cold medicines. And when my daughter was sick recently, and my wife went to the drugstore. She said they're sold out of everything with the kids' uh, drugs, kids' cough medicines and whatnot. Isn't that amazing? How can this be? How can this be that there's formula shortages and, and kids' drug shortages and, and our government does what? Not a doggone thing, really. You know, when it was politically expedient to get everybody vaccinated, they spent trillions, really, at the end of the day. When it's, I stand with Ukraine, it's, you know, whatever it takes, you know, a couple more billion, a couple. But, you know, when it's our own sick children, where's Uncle Joe? Where's Aunt, Aunt Annie Kamala? Nowhere to be found. Not a peep. Speaking of not a peep, how is it that we sat through two or four years of, 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 of constant impeachment? How many times did they try to impeach Trump? Two, three? Barely a peep about Biden, his antics. Isn't it amazing the difference? It really is. You've got a couple of them that raise a stink. That's it. I'm, I'm all over the place. I went from drug shortages to impeachment. I think it was a pretty good segue, really. You were following along, weren't you? I had no idea where I was going with that. It doesn't really matter. Things are crazy. You know, I don't know. Maybe the kids shouldn't be taking all this stuff anyway. I don't like to talk like that. You know, your child's sick. You want a little uh, Tylenol, for God's sake. Let them, you know, take down the fever. I think that's what we were looking for. Well, here's another reason to stock up, and I've said this before. What are your basic needs? And medicine has to be one of them. And certainly uh, pain reliever, fever reducer, and especially for children. Very important basic stockpile item. And it's very important to remember that this is the era that we're in. That you can't count on things. You can't count on what was once there. And you think, oh, no, I'm just going to call dial 1-800-HELP-ME. And the and the uh, FEMA is going to swoop in and... You know, with their secret stockpile of everything you could ever dream of. And it doesn't exist. People don't realize this. And you're better off anyway. Listen, I could, I could give you a million one reasons why you're better off stocking up. And you don't have to be a nut. How about a year in advance? You say, hey, it's July. And we're going to be going into winter. And there's a good chance my children will encounter something. I'm going to invest in a bottle of Tylenol and of this and of that for $50. While the price is low, you might even get it on sale. So financially, it's better. And even better, you go to get it when you need it. And it's not there. you got to go to a second store, maybe a third store. Now you're wasting time and precious gas. I know I'm being quite the drama queen over here, but listen, it's just better to buy it in advance and have it. We go a little further, and then you run the risk of a little waste. Over the weekend, I threw out like eight packs 
of these boogie wipes for infants. My daughter's eight. My daughter's eight. And we moved when she was five, and we, we, we actually packed these up and brought them with us. And finally, I thought, I, I think it's time for the, for the alcohol, scent-free, scent-free, all-natural boogie wipes to, uh, to move to the trash can, unfortunately. Just more material for the, uh, for the landfills. I feel horrible about it, but sometimes you just got to come to that conclusion. All right. Anyway, we like to stock up. We like to be prepared, is my point. And I say it doesn't have to be nuclear Armageddon or the end of the world or a zombie apocalypse or, or anything like that. You just you run into supply chain issues. And what if it's heat or water or electric? You know, I've, I've brought this up before. What if you didn't have act? You know, what if you're on natural. Everybody's got the natural gas and never stops flowing. Oh, really? You might want to look into that a little bit more, my friend. I wouldn't say as vulnerable as um, the electric grid, but there's certainly a vulnerability. And you don't think that there couldn't be a, a supply disruption in natural gas? That you, what if it's a valve or a series of valves, right? These valves from, from Delaware to New York were all, in, all made in the same refinery at the same time. This happens. This really happens. Talk, go talk to your local uh, water authority or water company. They'll tell oh, yeah, the, the, this pipe over here in this part of town was made in this foundry in 19 blah, blah, blah. And it's all due for replacement now. So maybe there's a series of valves in the gas pipeline. I'm just using this by way of example. And they need four of them go bad at the same time. And they, they don't have them. They have to be made. You know, they got to fire up this old 1922 refinery in, in Trenton, New Jersey. Man, I know how to make up a story, don't I? Anyway, let's just suppose you're going to be without gas for, I don't know, five, six weeks in the winter when you need it. No hot water, right? Uh you know, no, no, uh, no heat. What are you going to do? And suppose it's a large thing. Oh, I'm going to go get some space heaters. Really? I've been in this situation with looking for a generator. Me and four other people at Lowe's standing in the aisle looking at the empty rack. It was the funniest thing. Really? It's, it, you can't imagine. That was, um, that wasn't even the tornado. I I had the the, the the generator for the tornado. This is a, a storm before that. Second time we got hit. Finally, I was like, I got to go get a generator. But what are you going to do if you went had to go without heat for five weeks? Could you do it? Could you get through a, a basic period of time? How about three, four days, for God's sake? So I said, start there. Anyway, drug shortages. Adderall is a big one. I think I got a story to talk about later in the week about that. The impact of all this meth, all this meth that we're giving these kids with ADHD, it's really amazing. I don't know what to say. The long-term effects are going to be very interesting. All right, NPR lays off 100 employees as the company faces a $30 million decline, uh, $30 million decline in, in ad revenue. 
I had no idea it was a company. I guess this is a government-sponsored company. It's unreal to me, really. Uh, in my opinion, completely unconstitutional that the American government supports this liberal Nazi propaganda nonsense. It really is. It's horrible. And that's why the ad revenue, finally, finally the companies are going to, nobody's buying anything from NPR. I, I could go on and on about the destruction that NPR has done to broadcast, to TV, probably print. They suck up the largest audience, the most airtime. And it's all that ad revenue that could have gone other places. But uh, it's just not a good source of ads for companies anymore. The TikTok is a lot more effective. And that's the real security threat of TikTok, by the way. That this ad revenue is just its drying up uh, channels for communication that the American government had control of. You know, the, the CIA and the FBI can't, can't call uh, TikTok and tell them to ban this or ban that. I guess that's a little freaky to them. I wonder why Trump isn't on TikTok. Isn't that interesting? NPR link. Good. Maybe NPR will go away. I've said for a long time it should. Rapper Afro Man. I found this story to be fascinating. I know nothing about Afro Man. I should have teed up some of his music. I don't know. Well, he's a rapper. His name is Afro Man. Uh, His home was raided. And um, he, the Afro Man, used footage from that raid in a video and now the police are suing him trying to take all the proper all the money and rights to the song and the video and it's really amazing how the police are acting like the uh, crime organization they found nothing so this guy has no right to expose what happened on his own property wow i find that to be fascinating Don't you think that's going to be interesting to see how that goes? Maybe he's in a position to defend himself. Maybe he's not in a good position because he actually has money for them to take. I don't know. Um, Elon Musk's Twitter purchase may have put him out of reach of the White House, uh, making him a big headache for Biden. Oh, why? Because they can't control Elon and what he says? And so here's another one. Well, it's a, it's a national security threat because he can speak the truth and they can't intervene. He can say what he wants and they can't intervene and they can't control it. He can, and just like TikTok. And whether it's Afro Man or Elon Musk uh, or, 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 or um, uh, what do you call it, TikTok, because it can't be propagandized and, and controlled by the American government, the American uh, political establishment, well, then they want to shut it down. It's a, it's a threat. It's a threat to our democracy. It's a national security threat. This is, is Bolshevik Stalinist talk. What have I said a million times? National security laws, de facto national security laws, it's all the same. Why are they so afraid of Elon? He's done great things for humanity, has he not? Great innovation, a great mind. Restoring the First Amendment, isn't that wholly American? I guess not. 
not in the land of the liberal Nazis. The liberal Nazis that have taken over the control of the Democrat Party, together with the Chinese Communist Party, to just wreak havoc over the whole country. Anyway, that's how we're starting off the week. Pretty cool, huh? I don't know. I got a lot to talk about, a ton of stuff this week. I hope you'll tune back in. Let me let me leave you with this story. This is great. I love this. So, uh, I don't know what this guy's role in handyman, his mother. Yeah, from his mother's home, yeah. So, I guess he, this, his mother wills in this home. They were, I guess they were trying to rent it. The lady couldn't rent it. Next thing you know, she's moving in. She said it was an accident, but she's living there, squatting there. And this happens more than you th- you know. I- I've seen it firsthand. And I've seen landlords, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I know exactly what I would do, exactly what this guy did. He calls the police. It's like, there's nothing we can do. You have to go through the courts. you got to evict them. Evict who? I don't even know who I'm dealing with. And it's a nightmare. And if they know the legal system, they can drag it out for years. Not in every jurisdiction, but in some. This guy says, if they can squat there, I can squat there. So he went there. He staked out the house. Once everybody was gone one day, he let himself in and began to move in. (laughs) They came back and he said, get out of my house. I live here. You don't. He had a lease made up. It was pretty, pretty cool. I used to have a landlord, you know, what do you do when, when you have a tenant that won't pay and they're playing games with the legal system and they turn off the heat or you take the front door off and people say, that's illegal. And it is illegal to do that. Um, but um, sometimes you have to make repairs and service things and you might, you know, we're just going to service the heater and, and the, you know, suddenly the control panel goes bad and... Um, you, know, you put you, know, you can't get it right away, so there's three days of no heat, and it's a big inconvenience. And you come back, you have to turn the water off to check it. I don't know why. But anyway, you can really, uh, you know, make things difficult as well. If you use a little create, creativity, you can beat people at their own game. Human ingenuity, I say. Nothing like it. No AI can replicate it. As, as awesome as AI is, it can't replicate the human imagination. Anyway, God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know if my voice is ever going to be back. I told you. Uh, I don't know. It's a little concerning. I should have never made fun of Fauci. You see what happens? Let this be a lesson to you. God willing, I hope to be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.